Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us and welcome to Exploring Cybersecurity, the podcast where we deep dive into all aspects of cybersecurity news and trends. I'm your host today, Jeremy Ventura, field CISO at ThreadX. And today we have a special episode that will focus on a topic that is near and dear to both my heart and my guests' heart, API and application security, and really how to build an effective program from ground up and learning about some of the successes and challenges that we've both seen in our career. As I mentioned, I'm not alone today. I'm thoroughly enjoyed to be joined by an API and application security expert, Ms. Maria Schwenga. Hi, Maria. How are you today? Hello, guys. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. And as I mentioned, we have a true thought leader in the house today and a little bit about Maria's background. Uh, Maria is actually well known for leading multiple successful implementations of the modern vision cloud optimization, DevSecOps, and data protection, and her leadership in executing complex digital transformation programs in areas like AI, generative AI, IoT, edge, and big data analytics. But Maria is also a true leader and inspiration to many of us in the cybersecurity field and can be regularly seen speaking at conferences and webinars worldwide. So Maria, again, thank you so much for joining. I know this topic is near and dear to our heart, so I can't wait to get into it. Let's get into it then. Uh, happy to <laughs> join you today. Um, this is a topic that has been part of my life, part of my career, but most important, um, close to the heart and part of my success uh, as a security leader um, in the past couple of years. And there's so much more to come, so many advanced uh, advances that we can make um, in this area that it's always exciting to talk about. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And actually, that might be a really good place to start, especially for a lot of our listeners are sometimes just getting into cybersecurity or they even may be a CISO. And I think always understanding where our guests came from, kind of what they're doing in their active career and kind of what took you here, um, I think is really useful for some of our, our listeners and understanding all the different roles in cybersecurity. So, Maria, um, would you be uh, willing to just kind of talk a little bit about your career and some of the uh, different companies maybe you've worked at and some of the successes you've seen? Yes, um, I have a long term career with IBM when I was working in the data and application spaces and cloud, of course. And since 2016, uh, I started to concentrate my attention into the DevSecOps or whatever we called it at this time. We didn't have this term so far, so back, long back. Um, and this holistic approach, how the applications are built, how these applications are accessing, managing our data and how we can be successful to be actually agile enough to deliver fast enough to the businesses, but in the same time to be successful, compliant, com and to keep the privacy as part of our um, development. So um, this was a big area of my expertise. I built several um, DevSecOps programs basically from scratch. Um, and um, it's been a very exciting journey. Now, in the last two years, um, I was responsible for building and running a cloud-native program. Um, and of course, the cloud native security was a big portion of it. Uh, and that's been a great ride uh, into today when we try to keep this holistic approach, but we have a little bit different coloring, for example, Gen AI and how Gen AI can help us or how Gen AI can hurt us and how we need to prepare for Gen AI quantum, you know, all these new technologies. 
Absolutely. No, that, that's, a, that's an amazing background to see where you came from. But also, I love how you shed light on certain topics that are really hot in our industry, like generative AI and, you know, where is cybersecurity going in the future, where we're at now, but also where are we going? And, you know, what does that mean for um, an engineer, for a security team, for a CISO, for anybody, the individual and the consumer? So I really, I really enjoy and uh, thoroughly uh, look forward to learning more about you in this podcast and kind of your, your successes uh, in building these different programs. So with that being said, I actually want to get into the first topic. And I know for me specifically, uh, working for ThreadX, which is an API and application security company, I get asked to speak a lot about, you know, the API security challenges and, you know, what's going on in the industry. And I think a lot of times it really has to start with an understanding and a fundamental um, knowledge of why APIs and, you know, are a why APIs connecting organizations? Why are they connecting applications? But also what threat do they oppose to certain organizations? As we know, we've seen in recent news, even this past week, organizations of all shapes, all sizes, all industries being potentially affected with API security incidents. And I'll even say application security um, incidents or events, right? Whether it's through vulnerabilities or the new, uh, for example, the new zero day that might come out. Um, so with that being said, Maria, from your perspective, are you seeing the same thing in your field that is the conversations where you're consulting with organizations, you built organizations, how has the conversation changed in the last two years, just in general, high level from an API security application security uh, stance from a security perspective? So I think you mentioned it, that APIs are touching all of us. Doesn't matter what part of the organizations we are. Um, API is a new way of thinking. Uh, we are taking our old monolithic applications and we are splitting them into APIs and microservices. It's a new architecture. It's a new way of thinking. It's a new way of development. It's a new way of support, maintenance, and it's a new way of security. Now, that's on the back end. But think about from a user perspective. This enhanced user experience. Uh, and if it's not secure, our users are not secure. They, they would not trust us with their data. Um, keep in mind, you know, this uh, reduced frustration uh, when IPAs might not be secure or maybe causing a, maybe a potential data breach, like we have seen quite a few of those. Um, and from this point, it comes to hurting or improving our brand reputation, our companies. Trust, the trust, the digital trust. I actually presented at the Digital Trust Conference um, this year, uh, organized by ISACA. Huge, important topic. Um, how to have the API security and the data privacy built in to the application so we can guarantee this digital trust. Build it. Um, of course, we are talking about reduced cost, legal liabilities, right? So the API... Um, also impacts the developer productivity. Um, it's an innovation, it's a growth, it's a competitive advantage. So just by description or the definition that I try to give you right now, you see why the securing of this application of the of these APIs is so important. Absolutely. I, I couldn't have said it better. And I think there's one thing you said in there that I always kind of relate back to you as well is a lot of times I think just in the history of cybersecurity, 
uh, cybersecurity is always sometimes looked at as the stock gate in the organization, right? Oh, no, you can't do that. You can't deploy. It's too vulnerable or security's coming in. And we're all sometimes looked at as, as the bad guys and girls. And I, I think sometimes that's changing. And I think once organizations understand that APIs, applications and security in general actually lead to revenue. And that's a, that's a heated debate right there. But I do believe that security, making sure you have secure products, making sure you have secure applications and APIs that we're talking about actually lead to product revenue, leads to company revenue. Because if we had the opposite effect of it, that, you know, maybe uh, a, a new product was delivered and it was so easily attacked or vulnerable, obviously that could shut down a company that could shut down their products and their service and their goods or their supply chain uh, partnerships with other companies. And so. Once we understand, once the, the world starts to really understand that even applications and APIs in general have a direct stream to revenue growth and optimization, I think is super, super important. And um, I, I think that the conversation is changing as well in, in a good way for us in, in this field where we're starting to see, to your point, getting to speak at local and global conferences, including myself, where we're having these conversations now. We're consulting with engineers and developers and security teams about the importance of getting visibility, doing real-time protection, putting the right security measures in place. I think we're seeing positive growth. I think you would both agree that we have a long way to go. Um, and the world is changing with things like the inclusion of AI and all that that is uh, happening in the world. But at the same time, I, I think we have to look at it almost from an optimistic standpoint that the conversations are starting to happen. Would you, would you agree with that? I will keep the optimistic cat for today. Uh, <laughs> but you brought a very good point. Uh, thinking about API and API security today is part of our culture. And if this culture is missing in certain companies, organizations, we need to help them on the very first place to build this culture. Uh, I would like to see business owners or line of businesses to be interested. Hey, are we designing such and such API and is it secure? What are the privacy requirements for my API? Uh, oh, am I compliant or may I incur some damage to the, to, to the company? So these are all considerations that are coming at business level. Um, like you underlined the businesses today, Almost every business I've been working with understands that um, APIs, um, this type of architecture and microservices, really equ equates for us to faster delivery, uh, better delivery. Uh, but again, the security gets underestimated at certain points. And us as security experts, as security uh, owners and evangelists, we are the people who are going to start building this security is everybody's business, security is everybody's obligation, and of course, security is everybody's pride. Um, so it comes from a business perspective, technology perspective, people skills perspective, all these areas coming together. I love that. Uh, and I think you, you said something right there that I know I talk about once in a while. And We'll talk a little bit more and dig into this in a, here in a second, but it's almost a cultural shift as well, like getting security included into other areas and businesses within our organization is so vital. It's so important. That way, going back to my original comment, security is not looked as the stock gate. Security is looked as a true partner, right? Helping again, drive revenue. And so I want to pick on something right there. Um, personally for me, even, even uh, working here at ThreadX and, you know, having a lot of conversations, I think sometimes 
the feedback that we can get is sometimes it's easier said than actually done building that culture. Where does it start? Um, I always say, I know uh, people have probably seen me, if you've seen YouTube or other different conferences I uh, speak at, I always reference that Spider-Man meme where it's that meme where all the Spider-Men are pointing at each other. It's like, whose responsibility is this? And I think we have that real aspect uh, and sometimes an issue and also uh, uh, you know growing pains in our application API security field that we live in today where ownership is a big thing. Who's going to own the API? Who owns a certain application? If we get hit with a credential stuffing attack, who's first in line to respond to that? Or who makes that decision? Well, we need to pull down that application. Yes, we may affect our business or our website or whatever it might be, but I have that ultimate authority to make that call and decision. So Maria, I want to ask you, um, we're going to dig a little bit more into this in a second here, but just from a more broader standpoint, the cultural shift Sometimes the challenges we see, especially, I love your background in DevSecOps. I love that term, but I think you know just as much as me, sometimes getting that actually in practice in an organization could take a lot of finagling and a lot of, a lot of sometimes <laughs> banging on heads sometimes. And so from your experience, is there any, uh, for an organization or someone listening to right now that says, you know, I really want to build a comprehensive DevSecOps program or API or apps set program, but I'm not getting the buy-in from the other leaders that I want to, you know, have that buy-in, that need that buy-in. Is there anything you recommend? I know it's a really broad question here, but is there anything you recommend besides just constantly just trying to get it? So there are two things that you mentioned that I think we need to delve in for a couple of moments. The very first thing is that the API security usually is a part of the application security program or DevSecOps program, whatever the companies define it in their environment. Um, so it's not just API security and all of these other applications, older, newer, um, it's all about data. It's all about different thinking. For example, before we were making connections to the database directly, um, now we have an API endpoint to provide the data based on RBAC, based on all those different technical components that we may want to, to integrate there. We have API gateways, right? So it's, a, again, technology. So the APIs, they're not architecture only, now they're technology. The APIs are not only technology and architecture, they're also compliance level, right? They're also the compliance. Um, and so what you mentioned is if we don't have a buy-in, um, again, it's if we are the security experts, the security leaders, it's our responsibility to secure this buy-in, to create this buy-in to create the understanding of what is if or not. And sometimes I'm blamed that I play the uh, stick in the carrot game or whatever it's called. But um, most of the time I see this understanding when you start, when you open the conversation honestly, authentically, and say, hey, listen, this is where we are today. Um, we are taking this new application. We are developing it in this way. Our team may not have this expertise. Um, or, you know, we are developing it in this way. We need to do thread modeling. We need to do all of those things to guarantee that we are going to end up in a secure state. Right. So I think at least my experience is when you open honestly this conversation, you get a lot of power. Um, so this collaboration, um, 
is important. But the second thing that I think is important is to define the clear guidelines and the requirements. So everybody understands, hey, this is where we are. The developers should understand, hey, these are the needs for my API development, for the usage, for the security, for the monitoring, for how we are going to support them if it's a, some type of SRE. Um, in, and then also to have a clear outlining of owners, development, security teams, um, support teams, um, incident response team, if we get into trouble someday, um, to have a clear process of identifying, reporting, remediating API vulnerabilities. So when people are clear on who's responsible for what and if I need help, who to go to, this is a much easier conversation. Absolutely. I, I love that aspect of it because I think sometimes we, we've seen this a lot in the industry where um, I'm just going to pick API security because that's that's the topic we're talking about today. But somebody says or somebody reads uh, an analyst report and they say, oh, API security is now a top five or a top 10 uh, area that I need to focus on within my organization. And sometimes we, we run in this pitfall where leaders, security individuals will just go and rely on a technology. They just go, oh, if I just buy a technology, I'm, I'm good. I'm completely covered. But it's way more than that. And I think that's what you just hit upon in that last component there in point two, where it's communication. It's having the right policies and procedures. It's crossing the aisle and having and thinking about, okay, incident response plans now. What happens if that tool or technology you did buy fails? And what happens if somebody gets in? Um, looking at, I, you mentioned it earlier, but even uh, cross-collaboration between different areas and different teams like legal, privacy. I know in my previous job, um, we had to, I would work for the office of CISO team and we were asked all the times about, uh, it was an AI revenue generating platform and uh, everybody, especially security leaders, would be like, well, you, you have a, a lot of our data or you're transmitting a lot of that data. Not only where is it stored, where is it transmitted, where is it processed, but what's doing it? Is it an API? Tell me about your API security best practices or your software development like Cycle or your CI/CD pipeline. How are you securing our data? Like, what are you using as best practices? And so I think you hit on some great points there that is, it's more than just a tool or technology. I think we both agree to that. It's, it's an entire program. It's an entire process. But I love your original point, tying it back to that, where APIs are part of something bigger as well, right? That in total application security program. And so really, really valuable points. Um, where I want to go from here, though, is now I want to talk about where do I start? Well, let's go in a little bit into the technology standpoint. Okay. So I start building the process. I, I start, you know, having, having conversations with engineering and developers. Okay, we're going to either be buying a tool, we're creating this program. Let's specifically for APIs, let's talk about well, how do I start to even protect them? Like, wh wh what is step one, in your opinion? I will answer your question, but let me step a little bit back. So what you mentioned is very important, you know, coming with the culture, with the company benefits, the branding, where the API fit into the big picture. Um, but when I usually talk about APIs or even application security more broader, I always try to bring the, the framework people, process and technology. It's kind of giving people a little bit easier way to separate into three categories and then kind of start relating into those. Right. So in sadly enough, most of the times the technology might not be um, in a bad condition. You know, companies have different tools, open source or whatever that might be. Um, people definitely have skills 
But then the process is the one that all, all actually always pulling back. And mm. um, I think the process was one of the reasons why security for a very long time has been feeling like the stick in the wheel uh, for the application developers, because what the application developers wanted to do, they wanted to release as fast as possible to production. And then the security is going to come and say, no, 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 you're not doing this. Is it secure enough? And then the operations going to come and say, no, 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 you're not releasing it. How it's going to impact my SLAs? Right. And that's why this concept of DevSecOps coming together was so important for us for many, many years prior. Now, this kind of comes to a higher level of collaboration. So that's that's why I wanted to talk about. But again, people, processing technologies, this framework, I think, simplifies for everybody and easy to understand, easy to collaborate upon. Right. So now let me ask, answer your question uh, in terms of how do we actually do it? Um, and sadly enough, I would say it's not a rocket science. Uh, that doesn't mean that I diminish the importance of the work that I do. <laughs> uh, but um, the very first thing when we are talking about APIs and microservices architectures is what are we protecting? Do we even know? And in many cases, we had our all old monolithic applications that they didn't have a good CMDB. And that was a huge problem for everybody. Just look what happened with Log4j. Some companies needed about two, three hours to fix the issue, but it took them two, three days or two, three weeks to even figure out what they need to fix, right? So that's one example. But for the APIs, the most important thing is this inventory and discoverability of the APIs. And a lot of companies today don't have this. Um, and one of the first things, like if I come as a security expert and I start talking about identify all of the APIs within your organization, internal, external ones. Um, don't think that the internal should have less security than the external, because what if I get to your internal API and then I can exploit your entire environment? Um, so uh, having this con those, these conversations is uh, kind of uh, interesting uh, because it's not a security related, like it's an inventory and discoverability. But on the other right. side, this has another benefit. Um, think about if um, you have multiple teams or even entire huge organization, and every single team may have an authentication API. And let's I, I worked with a company that had about 200 of those. So every single team, every single application was having their way to authenticate. And if you have to change a password, let's say length of password, you need to go and change it in 200 different models. I mean, that's nuts. So in many companies today, what we see is that um, there's a repetition and duplication of work. A lot of uh, developers have this duplication of work just because they don't know that somebody has already done it. Um, this also comes to the quality of the code. Is it well documented? Is it published? Can I find it? Right. So again, these are topics that are not even related um, to security. Yeah, I would totally agree with you. I, I think... Um, I 100% agree with you. I think it's, you know, it's visibility. And obviously, we can throw that word around and uh, have a bunch of synonyms for it from discoverability, cataloging, observability. Uh, I totally agree with you. And I also really agree with the point um, that it's way more than just API security. That's We've been talking about asset management and inventory and everything related to that for years. Where finding out, I mean, I remember even during COVID, when uh, a lot of organizations had to remove or had to move to a fully remote or some type of hybrid model, 
we had things connecting in and out of our networks that we've never seen before. We had no visibility into, including APIs, right? Internal, external, and oh, this develop, developer created something and it has it's publicly facing, but security never knew about it. And you know, we don't even know how, is it JSON? Is it a GraphQL? Is it a REST API? What's its intended use? So I, I couldn't agree with you more that I think a lot of it comes down to visibility, discoverability of, first of all, what do I have? Internal, external, public, private, third-party supply chain. That also helps with that concept we talk a lot about, about rogue and zombie APIs, especially those APIs for everyone listening. Um, the APIs that sometimes we either don't put the right governance around, we didn't uh, secure it when creating it, or we completely forgot about it, never decommissioned it properly. Um, and I think that's a really big sticking point for a lot of organizations of you don't know what you don't know. And so I, I think a lot of it comes down, you can't protect what you don't know. And so once you have a, a really good understanding and idea of that, then we can start to move into some of the more advanced things like encryption or rate limiting and throttling and all the other stuff we can talk about. But I would completely agree on the visibility and discoverability uh, part with you there, Maria. Um, so then the next step is, uh, you know, of course, we're dealing today with API gateways as a central point of uh, API management security, good understanding about that how needs to be implemented, um, how to enforce the authentication and especially authorization, because we know most oh, yeah. of our troubles get there, um, and also to implement the usage of the uh, of the APIs, uh, the monitoring, the, the logging, the, to track the activity, to identify anomalies. Um, and, you know, I uh, recently when I present about Gen AI and everybody's asking me about, okay, well, how Gen AI can help us here in this case, well, Gen AI is, is an algorithm, right? It's a data that you're feeding in. And if it's a, um, you know, bad data in, it will be bad result out, right? So, um, for us, it's very important to have this good data to understand, to be able to identify patterns that might not be typical to my, um, offering, right? Um, and so, it also goes uh, directly to the secure coding practices. And, you know, secure coding practices is not just specifically for the API development, but the standards and the practices are very important for the API development. Um, just the basic hygiene, SASTI, DASTI, SCA, uh, container security, um, and then we can concentrate on some more specific API-related um, parameters, right? Um, the testing, the penetration testing, the dynamic testing um, that have to be conducted throughout the entire life cycle of the API. We are not talking about here or there. Start with the threat modeling. Even if you don't have threat modeling to do a whiteboard threat modeling, right? Do it the old-fashioned style. Um, so this is some of the important things. And then um, a lot of people forget that once the API is released, it's liability, right? Somebody has to monitor it. Somebody has to maintain it. Somebody has to be responsible for this continuous monitoring, um, logging practices, actually looking at what is going on, how is the, the, the usage? Do we have a, a little suspicious, suspicious usage? Um, even with some of the threats, Intel, um, for example, if your um, API um, or a WAF or a WAP partner, whoever you work with, um, has a, a live SOC team, I know Tredex has one of those, uh, this collaboration in between um, is very important, right? So the, this all comes back to the 
cultural component, to the training, to the education, and this close collaboration between all of those teams that in the end are involved in the complete API lifecycle. Absolutely. No, that, that was a lot, a lot of great insight there. Of, and you, you mentioned a lot of different concepts. And I, I think that's, that's super beneficial um, from, you know, making sure you're part of the CICD build pipeline as a test and then making sure you're doing that actively, but making sure you also have eyes on glass to things that are in production, right? Or in runtime, making sure you get visibility into that. So you hit on a lot of awesome points there that I think for our viewers. And I think the concept there is this is not an overnight thing. I think you would agree with me too. It's not rocket science, but it's not like you flip the switch on overnight and I can buy all these technologies or put this process in place. It does take the communication. It does take the collaboration between other leaders from development to operations to start to build this out and eventually evolve and mature that program over time. So I think that's super important. Um, Final kind of, were you going to say something right there? Um, Did you have another point? I would tell you that I I could have probably provided a couple of um, bullet points uh, as a strategy to accelerate um, what we discussed, because it seems like people are going to be interested in this. Um, So in my own practice, what helped me the most is to adapt this risk-based culture or risk-based approach. To, pr- to prioritize the API security efforts based on the risk assessment and the potential of exploit, right? The second thing is automate and automate and automate, and I cannot say it enough, right? Use as much as possible automation for discovery, for testing, for monitoring, um, you know, security as well. Um, like you mentioned, it's part of the CI/CD. You can't take it out of this context, right? And again. Um, Keep in mind when you talk about collaboration that it goes all the way back to the business owners, right? So this is very important. That, that's absolutely. my uh, um, cookbook, I guess. Uh, no, absolutely. That, that was well, well summed up. And th- there's one point in there which actually leads me to our, uh, our last topic of today is you mentioned a little bit about kind of the, the after effect, right? Which... Uh, I know you're you're deeply passionate about metrics, and I know you just spoke recently at the OWASP conference, and uh, I think you had a presentation called "Metrics, Metrics, Metrics Everywhere." And so, um, not not to repeat it, um, but I do want to talk about the metric component to this because I think it, it's super important. It's not the end goal, but it also can show the success and the proven effectiveness over time of actually building these programs out. You know, are we successful? Are we heading in the right direction? And I think you and I would both agree about. There are so many different types of metrics. I personally, um, everyone's got a different flavor and opinion of how we've done this based upon our experiences. But for me personally, I look at metrics almost in two buckets, tactical and operational. Tactical is being a lot of the things that, you know, your, your daily metrics that maybe your analysts are reporting up to the manager. You know, how many incidents do we have? Um, you know, how long were these change configuration tickets open for? How many vulnerabilities are there? How many do we remediate, for example? versus moving to the operational, which tends to be a little bit more higher level. For example, and you actually mentioned it, what is the potential likelihood of impact or damage to our revenue if an application went down, right? It starts to use a little bit of that predictive analysis and management into it, but it starts to looking at this a little bit in a different lens of getting out of the nitty gritty. Those are important still, um, but starting to look at it from a real business and security revenue aspect about the programs and how does it relate to that? So that's a little bit of my background, but Maria, I definitely want to hear, and I think the audience wants to hear a little bit. I obviously don't, not the entire presentation because you already did it, but um, 
let's talk a little bit about metrics. You know, uh, what are some of your best practices? What was some of that presentation like? And what have you seen in your in your world from consulting and leading organizations? Um, some of the best metrics and how to break that down for organizations. So my presentation was titled "Metrics, Metrics Everywhere." From which ones I should be scared? Uh, and my presentation started with, guys, this is a funny title, fun title, but it's a very serious conversation. And if you already had a breach and exposure, it might be a very hard conversation. So let's delve in and see where we stand. And I agree with your classification that there's so many different la layers, levels that you can classify the metrics. And I would say that um, you have a business level metrics, you have application level metrics, you have a usage level metrics. I mean, adoption in usage, like the I, unique API consumers, it just comes to me, um, uh, or maybe the API usage growth. It's not a just development. It's not just a business metric. It's not maybe like what IT needs to go and say, oh, we need more resources for this API, so we need to scale properly. It's also a security consideration, right? Um, you know, we talk about performance and reliability. Um, I spoke about response time, so latency, error rate, uptime. Um, we also have um, kind of a developer level metrics. Right. Um, let's say um, API documentation. Is my API properly doc documented? That that can be a metrics. Um, community engagement. Another uh, one of those. Um, and then, of course, we have to come to the business side. Revenue generation. Does this API actually make sense? Uh, am I paying money for nothing to support it, to develop it, to enhance it? Um, customer acquisition. Uh, customer retention. Um, partner integration, ecosystem presence based on my API. So these are some of the most um, interesting topics today around APIs and the, the related security. So I just want to um, people kind of to think about those things. Absolutely. I, I, it's almost like the metrics presentation. APIs, APIs everywhere, <laughs> literally everywhere <laughs> in every aspect. So that's super important. Well, thank you for sharing that. Again, I want to thank you, Maria. Uh, for obviously being a, uh, a true thought leader in this industry and uh, an inspiration to a lot of uh, other folks that are listening to this call. Um, but also thank you for joining uh, this podcast today. It was uh, super beneficial and really insightful to learn from you. Thank you for having me. Great conversations and hopefully um, people will find it useful. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you everyone for joining the Exploring Cybersecurity podcast. As a quick reminder, this session is always recorded as all of our episodes of recording can be found on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon, as well as other major streaming platforms. So with that being said, again, thank you, Maria. Thank you, everybody in the audience. And we will catch you for the next Exploring episode coming soon. Thank you.